Don't even yeah. get me started. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna call yeah. that. I'm gonna call that one a tie. So I'm oh, still. I'm still. So I, I guess you're I'm the still plus judge, five. jury, and <laughs> still. I'm still Bill plus the butcher. Apparently, still, still okay. plus half a point. Still plus five. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Plus half a point. Okay. Right. So don't I, call it a comeback. There's a t-shirt right on us. Okay. Get pumped up. Here we go. Here we go. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome in Brandana Sports Podcast, Episode 7. Coming at you as we always do. This is a big one. I I know I say that every time, like I'm obligated, and the audience is like, yeah, this is a big one. It's always going to be a big one. Pretty soon. Pretty soon they're going to know already yeah. off the bat. It's a big one. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I think our <laughs> listeners are looking for it. You yeah. know what I mean? We won't even have to say it. I feel like Episode 7, though, this is where you, you separate the men from the boys. Like, are we are we a podcast or are we not most awesome? I would say we are. We're yeah, se- we're yeah. seven we're we're seven podcasts more than most of, most other people. Yeah. So. <laughs> we we are a little bit ahead in the game. Uh, let's exactly. I, I think it's a little time for some sponsorship. Also, like this this episode, I really want to dig in. We're gonna find little let's find little spots where we can just be like, you know what, sponsor sponsor out there, it would make sense for you to jump in right here. This would be a good. We're up your alley. We need some we need some mad dollars. Some, some mad dollars. Pocket. Yeah, just to buy some of those T shirts that I still owe you. I gotta. I did. Get a, right. I got a request from another T-shirt from uh, someone that sent us something in the inbox. We'll get to that. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I think they. I like it. Liking the design a little bit. How was your week, brother? It was good. It was good. I told you earlier that I had a little bit of the bubble guts going on <laughs> earlier. A little, little little food poisoning, I think, a little mild. But I'm here. Sexy. I'm like Jordan in the, in the playoff games. <laughs> it's such a sexy sell. <laughs> a little Look, bubble. Yeah, exactly. A little bubble gut. Listen on. <laughs> <laughs> If you, some, if you hear some gurgling in the background, folks, you know what it is. But I'm here for you. I'm playing through pain. Oh man, uh, big show, big show. So we're gonna run through. Uh, we're gonna do rip from the headlines. We got a little bit of uh, sports beefs. We're gonna go to the MAB inbox. I uh, got a couple emails. One from I think we all know who it's from, but we'll get to that. The dog. Uh, yeah, we're gonna go to MAMA parroting tips. Gonna go to our Neapolitan showdown. We're gonna talk a little best villains of all time. It's gonna be big. We're gonna, That's right. I, I got I got some thoughts on this. I really dug in. I wrote a little like a little mini essay about it. So I'm not gonna read Ooh, the entire really? thing. Yeah, but it's uh, I have some thoughts. You put some thought into it. I like it. Yeah, we're gonna go to a gambling corner. Uh, you sent me a great text earlier, uh, kind of calling for some action on my part. I'm gonna give it. It's uh, the destination. Feel what Ooh, I'm doing there? Feel what I'm doing I like there? That. <laughs> you just went with it. I it too. You didn't even workshop it. Uh-uh. I like nope, it. Let's go. Cooking with gas. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it is big. It's already big. <laughs> it's huge. Uh, we're going to do the MVP of the week, and then we're going to finish as we do with Tales from the Frat. That's right. Uh, all right, man. Let's, uh, you know, we're filling up the hour as we always do, and it always feels like we could use a little bit more time, so we're just going to dive right in. Rip from the headlines. So why are we doing uh, this little beef? What what happened this so, last week? So this last week, uh, for those of you who don't know, the NBA season's kind of coming to an end, and you, you, people are kind of vying for those end of the year awards. And two rookies, Donovan Mitchell out of the Utah Jazz, and Ben Simmons from the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, are gotten a little bit of a social media feud. 
Um, Donovan Mitchell kind of wore a, a called out, you know, Simmons for being injured in that first year of his actual rookie season and actually playing in his second contract year, but his first year of playing, he's not really a rookie. Uh, Simmons kind of shot back with uh, a reporter asked him if any rookies impressed him over the course of the year and his answer was none so <laughs> then they had a little bit of a back and forth going a little bit of a social media beef and i gotta tell you this brandy and i like it when the nba has a little chippiness right yeah, i yeah. mean it's got a little stakes right as you talked about earlier yeah getting a little tired of uh, them taking each other out to dinner or crashing each other's house when they're on the road like a little bit of just like a little true rivalry right exactly and, and that what that got us thinking about is it kind of thought back to some of those great rivalries in sports. I mean, that's what sports is, is there's the, the inner conflict between two entities. And if you know the, the subtext is that they're boys off the, off the court, then kind of diminishes that kind of the stakes of the game. So I yeah, thought we'd talk about the, our, our top three feuds. Top three beefs, right? brother. Top, top three. Oh, top this three is, beefs. Oh, Arby's. <laughs> Jump in here. You, you bring the beef, right? Arby's sponsorship exactly. right here. We're looking for sponsorship. No, no, no that's, the, that's the other one. That's the yeah. other one. Oh, yeah. where is Arby's. the beef? We have the beef. Yeah. Uh, which one has the beef? Who's, well, who's exactly. looking for the beef? Who has the beef? Okay. My, my big question on this one is, before we dive into your, uh, it's a top three list, so I imagine you have five this time? Maybe three with uh, two by I, I do have three, but I do have my constellations, oh, as, constellation. as I always do. As you always do. Uh, is Bill okay. Simmons a rookie in your eyes? Uh, ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, sorry. Not Bill Simmons. Yes. He's obviously not a rookie. Uh, he, he's, he's not. <laughs> he's been in the game for a while. Um, here's the thing. No, I, I actually think, like, so Mitchell had kind of an interesting point. He, he kind of correlated to if you spend a year studying for a test versus someone who got, like, a, basically just got thrown into it and was a pop quiz – you know, do you have a slight advantage? And I would, I would tend to agree that he does have a slight advantage, right? Absolutely. Um, I think Ben's part of obviously the basketball component is a big component, but everyone talks about the professional life aspect of mm-hmm. it. You know, getting money, traveling, you know, all those sorts of hangers-ons that could happen, right? Yeah. So Ben Simmons got kind of this basketball-free immersion into this, which impacts. His level of basketball. Yeah, he almost. Yeah, level. he almost got to like quote unquote like study abroad or just like he got an intern as a like as an NBA right. rookie for a year and then get, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think he is a rookie. Like I was honestly kind of surprised. I'm not a big follower of the NBA. Obviously, I get into it for the, the MAB podcast, like do my homework. But it just it seemed like a surprise to me because he was on a. If you're drafted on a team, if you're drafted, not a rookie. You're drafted that year. That's your rookie year whether you play right. or not. Even those other points do help, like the fact that it's, yeah, so you didn't get to do the playing aspect, but your entire life changed. Like a lot of these players, all these rookie players are learning how to play, how limelight on them, actually like improve their game at the same time of learning what it's like to be a professional basketball player. He kind of got to do right. half that, like prep for it and then come in as a Sure, sure. I, I, I would tend to agree with it, but I mean, it, it is a statistical award right and you look at the best rookie in that season and he didn't play the previous season ben simmons so you kind of got to give it to him and and well i would i would say last year then ben simmons was the worst rookie like like, (laughs) the worst worst stat sheet that's true yeah you could make that claim yeah if there was a reward for terrible rookies (laughs) he might get it we should actually kind of that table that thought i like that idea all right who are the worst rookie season (laughs) we'll talk about that later um, but no, but here's the thing is, is I think a lot of people think it's a landslide and I think from a pure basketball standpoint, yes, if you're starting your franchise and you choose Ben Simmons or Donovan Mitchell, you're, you're choosing Ben Simmons. I think a GM 
was quoted as saying like 30 out of 30 GMs would pick Ben Simmons over Donovan Mitchell. Uh, no slight against Donovan Mitchell, just Ben Simmons is kind of a, he's coming into what they thought he was. He's going to be a transcendental talent, but it's not totally a clear cut case just for Ben Simmons. You know, Mitchell's the only, or the first rookie uh, to lead his team in scoring and take his team to the playoffs since, you know, you're going to guess. Uh, yeah, I'm it's, definitely going to guess. He actually showed up, in, he showed up in one of our podcasts. Oh, then that's gonna and lead and lead into the playoffs uh, and yeah. scoring. I mean, I would say, well, this isn't. Uh, my guess would be Derrick Rose, but it's not gonna be right because I don't think we've mentioned him before. No, we, no, I don't know if we did. No, it was your boy Carmelo Anthony. Uh, that's oh, who it was. So yeah, okay. <laughs> I try to give you a little, little I hint on that one. Yeah. I would have known that one either. I would have guessed most awesome yeah. in his deep dives would not have gotten that. The one. talent, the talent wouldn't get <laughs> the, that. Exactly, you know what? I, exactly. I'm going to take a point for that. If you don't get something right, I get a point for it. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll take that. We'll chalk yeah. it up. We'll, Great. Well, um, let's let's jump into it. Uh, so the biggest beef not brought to you by any sponsor. Top three. Start at the bottom. What do you got for us? Uh, start at the bottom for me. Yeah, it's uh, it's coming. So you people have seen those Detroit versus everybody shirts, right? Mm-hmm. That are out there, right? I'm I'm from Detroit. Most awesome is from Detroit. So I've got my number three top feud: Bill Lambeer versus everyone. <laughs> the former bad boy. This dude fought with yeah. everybody he he came in contact with. He fought with all all the Celtics, Barkley, Dr. J. Everybody. And here's another thing. He also fought with his employees, too. A little inside baseball. This is a little deep dive for you right here. Love it. So Bill Ambeer owned a packaging uh, <laughs> business in Detroit. All right. Okay. Yeah. You're like, where this is going already. Love I can it. tell. So business was booming. Okay. And then it took a steep dive as the, uh, as the uh, automotive industry did. So in, I think it was like 2000, he closed the, the business for winter break. Mm-hmm. And then when people came to show up after New Year's, they just had a sign that said the, the building or the business had gone out of business. And that's how his employees, <laughs> like 200 employees, found out that they lost their, their, their jobs. So uh, Bill Lambier feuds with everybody. Man, man. What was, uh, he got a couple, like, like he prided himself on flagrant fouls. Right, like just yeah. kind of coming. In. Yeah, he called himself an agitator. That's what he liked. It. He didn't like it. He didn't consider himself a dirty player. He considered himself an agitator. But he agitated so everybody around him that his own teammate Isaiah Thomas punched him. I think he actually broke his hand punching him in practice. I mean, this guy was just a fierce competitor and. Like, he was one of those light switch guys. Like, once he was stepped on the court, the light switch went on, and he was just in kill or be killed mode. Mm-hmm. So, Bill Ambeer, my number three. Uh, my number two, I'm going a sport we haven't really talked about, even less than baseball, tennis. Okay. And, and I'm going, okay, yeah. Right. I'm going Jimmy Connors and John McEnroe. <laughs> all right. This is the, all right, now listen to here. Okay, so this is bitter feuds, right? And they've got beefs, right? So this one actually probably, probably runs deeper than, than, than most of them because these two guys, even today, still fucking hate each other. Mm, I, li- I like was- that. I like that in a feud. I like feuds that the candle's still burning. Like, long after they've yes. been competing, they still yes. can't see like, each other. They're 60, like, I think I think McEnroe's like 60, and I think Connors is maybe late 60s, maybe early 70s. So I I think when you bring it up to Connors, like, he still gets a little chippy. Like, I, like he wants to go fight him now, today. Mm-hmm. So I love that, and in, in that, that definitely impacted it. Connors always refers to John McEnroe as that fuckface McEnroe. That's what he, <laughs> that's what he calls him. I read that uh, in an article. What a nickname. I, thought it was, I know. <laughs> No, not really like kind of clever, but very like pointed, right? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It uh, it cuts to the quick. 
Uh, we know we know what you mean. We read the subtext. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. Oh, you guys don't like each other. And they still talk a bunch of trash to each other. There was an article where they played in like a charity game and the author of the article, the writer was talking about like, oh, who should we call? And McEnroe was like, oh, we should prank Jimmy Connors. Like he wanted to prank him. And these were 50-year-old guys. And he was busting his balls about being broke and having to go into coaching and all this stuff. Damn. It's a really great article. And McEnroe still, he still holds his winning record over Connors to this day he beat them in 34 matches 20 out of the 20 times out of their head-to-head so that's my number two that kind of matches the fuck face right like the prank is it's not like oh let's just you know like fill his car with ping pong balls no the prank is like let's make fun of him for being broke Right, exactly. What a wow, genius prank, brilliant. I know, right, I know. And the the thing that I love too is because Connors, when they first played each other, Connors was the guy. He was like the man of tennis, and McEnroe was this young upstart. And Connors kind of gave him the hi hat a little bit when they first met him and said, "Hey, it'll be good practice for you to play against me." And McEnroe beat him, and that's where that's where that rivalry started right from there. So Mm -hmm. that's my number two top three feuds slash. Arby's beef sandwiches. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, we just can't. We can't give it away to Arby's. They need. We're just saying this would be a good spot it, right. for you to come in. Oh, oh, I thought every time I say Arby's, I would get paid. Is that <laughs> no, not I, how this works? Right, we'll try it this time. We'll try it for episode seven. Let's give it a shot. Okay. See what happens. Okay. Well, you know, just saying, Arby's. If you don't pay up, Wendy's is right <laughs> around the corner. <laughs> and then my number one feud of all time. And you, this might be on your list. It probably showed up on a lot of lists. Shaq versus Kobe. Yep, 100%. 100%. Got to be. Shaq versus Kobe. I didn't realize this during the lockout year, 98-99 uh, season, that lockout year. They played a lot of pickup basketball, and they were practicing, and Shaq actually slapped Kobe in the very in that during that season. Like, actually put hands on him in a practice. I read that today. I think, that, yeah, that, I mean, that has to be, like, the Mendoza line for if there is a feud. Like, if you get in a fight in practice, and you're putting your hands on each other, like, that's a feud. Like, there's no, yeah. like... Oh, yeah. I get the heat of the game, but it's like in practice, if you're like bowing up to each other, like that's a problem. Especially the, the reason it's got to be number one is because the level of success that goes along with like two, like not even success. Because you, you know, that's usually like what they say in the NFL, you know, like winning solves everything. Like it's just right, like right, right. no matter what, like everyone gets along if you're winning championships. They were winning championships right. and still couldn't fucking stand each other. Right, exactly. And, and you, Kobe's... You, you can't rap, Kobe, tell me how my ass tastes. And, <laughs> like, expect that. After you left the team, like, that's still... There's still something bothering you. Right. Like, there's still something. Right, exactly, yeah. And, well, you know, you know that Kobe snitched on Shaq or when he got his... When he was being investigated for the, for the rape in Colorado, Kobe was, that he basically outed Shaq for saying that he should have done just what Shaq does and pay the women like he does for when they, when he has sex with them. That, wow. he, that basically he... That Shaq has to pay for these kind of incidences and he spent about a million dollars covering this stuff up wow. so that was that's really what took it to that kobe tell me how my ass tastes level so which uh okay so we went through these do you take a side on this shaq kobe feud like who was right the only reason i go back to that is because shaq just a lot of people kind of think that shaq would have been one of the greatest if not the greatest of all time if he like really tried sure. and, it, and it seemed like it, that was kind of kobe's problem kobe no one can question his dedication no one can question his work ethic he was in there and he just couldn't get shaq to rise to that level if shaq was kind of on cruise control but well, diminishing yeah, but dominant showed, force yeah but he showed up in the off season or in the preseason games, like out of shape, yeah. he famously hurt his toe. I think it was his toe or his foot, and basically said, "Like, well, I got hurt on company time, so I'm going to rehab on company time." And for Kobe and these guys, it's like, "Look, like this is our shot. 
you know, we have athletes and sports franchises have small windows for this. It's not like this goes on forever. So if you don't give it your all during this time, then, you know, you're, you're, what good are you to the team? Mm. So ultimately, you know, and, and Shaq has a little bit of history of this with, you know, him and Penny. I would give a slight edge to Shaq. I mean, he's more magnanimous, um, but Shaq is no, you know, schoolboy in this whole thing. I mean, he famously got into it with Penny. Like his, he's so ego driven by this whole stuff. He couldn't handle Kobe and the kind of hype that Kobe had coming into the league as this young 18 year old kid. You know, he really had a big ego that really was his kind of, you know, flaw in his game, right? It wasn't it, as much of his work ethic, it was his ego that really hindered him. So I, I'll give a slight edge to, to, to Shaq in this. All right. What about you? How say you? I like Kobe in it. Kobe, it was just always, it's been obvious. I think the work ethic on the court has reflected that winning championships was the most important thing to him. And in a player, right. that is that is paramount. That is what you want. And Shaq, I didn't get the same vibe. And I don't think anyone can argue that Shaq, Shaq lived up to his expectations. And I, that's a that's a big load to drop. Like that's a that's a heavy statement. But I mean, I think if anyone really looks at the level of talent he was when he in, like he entered his work ethic and his what was most important, there was definitely. Uh, I'm not saying Kobe didn't have an ego, but you could feel that there was a little bit of Shaq first, like championship second vibe that I always right. got. Yeah. And he wanted to, he wanted to rap. He wanted to be in movies. You yeah. know, he wanted the yeah. persona of Shaq to be bigger yeah. than, and, you and, know, and the winning championships. And I'm not saying you can't do that. Like I, I'm like, if he was killing on the court, like if he felt he was giving everything to the game, which is what you want in a player. It's like, absolutely do your movies in the off time. Like no one's asking you not to do that. I, I feel like we get that from, you know, we get it from, we get it from LeBron James. Like LeBron James is right. plenty active and everything. Like it, he was in a movie, like he's in a bunch of commercials, but you know, he shuts down his social media. Like when it's, and I know a lot of players do that, but there's definitely like, I have no doubts that when LeBron James is on the court, like he wants to win. Right. And that yeah, is, no, and that I, is mo- most important. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. I mean, yeah, he's definitely like far less invested in all the outside stuff, at least as outwardly as as Shaq was right. Yeah. So, you know, LeBron's not going to go and star in Kazam too. You know what I mean? He's just not going to do that. It's, it's bad for his image, but, yeah. um, but yeah. So, and other people that I, I thought, well, what's your list? Anybody yeah. Yeah. Let, yeah I'll, hit, I'll hit you with mine real fast. You know, you're, you're the talent. I just come up with quirky answers just to bounce off. You. No, we'll, exactly. We'll see <laughs> see I, like I like stumped you with Connor's McEnroe. You're like, <laughs> yeah, dig, dig it. I, I knew it too. I was just like, he's going to bring up some <laughs> so looking for <laughs> oh, tennis. Ten, tennis. Perfect. Let's do it. Exactly. Uh, I got Dion Sanders and Andre Ryzen. Ooh. Uh, I like this a Tell little me about bit. This one. I like this a little bit. It was uh, a little bit before social media. I yeah. thought, I thought Andre Ryzen would have been, his feud would have been, would have been with left eye because she burned his house down. <laughs> Yeah, but no. Yeah, relationships are relationships, bro. You can't ever tap in on like what. Like, we, we've we've all had our house burned down by a crazy <laughs> once I get it. I if, get it. Yeah. If I if I've gotten fire insurance once, I've got it a thousand times. Like <laughs> exactly. a, a tale as old as time. Exactly. Uh, no, I I just remember that happened when uh, Dion was covering, and they were like hitting each other in the helmet. Like really, like oh, it, yeah. it's the first fight I remember where people are like swinging fist at helmets, which made absolutely no sense, but they would like, it was a legitimate hatred. Like it kind of yeah. reminded me what happened between, uh, it was AJ Green and who's the guy that, who did AJ Green tackle? 
Oh, uh, Ramsey from from the Jaguars. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. yeah. Kinda, the, yeah, he fucking he drilled him too. Which, which I kind of like to see. It was a little out of bounds, but it was just like yeah. that reminds me of football of old. Like apparently that's your job as a cornerback, just getting someone like to their absolute like boiling point. And AJ Green yeah. always seemed cool as a cucumber. And I, I don't know, yeah. it's just like it, it's weird to say. Like you, you gave me a little bit of nostalgia, just thinking back on beefs and just like seeing that fight. And it was just like man, like yes. right. Because no, ain't, ain't nobody twittering after the game, or just like you know, they, yeah. like it was just like legit. Can't wait to line up across from you. Yeah, or do you remember what was it? Uh, Andre Johnson from the Texans, and was it Cortland Finnegan from the Tennessee Titans? And he oh. was just throwing bombs, just like haymakers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he fucking yes. crushed that dude. Oh yeah. man, I love that. Was a good one. I love a wide receiver cracking. I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh man, because you got to keep your cool. Like once they're inside your head, because it's the cornerback. I know I've said it to you before, toughest position in sports. You don't know what the play yeah, is, oh yeah. and you're running backwards. Like, just those two right. things are just like, <laughs> shit, that's fucking tough. And if you right. can just get underneath a blue chip wide receiver's skin, like with that, it's just, I don't know what your fucking talk game is, but it is on point, like a mosquito's right. knee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what's up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, then then my, uh, my third and final, getting a little cute, Bill Belichick versus the media. This Ooh, is a... Uh, I'm this, at Cincinnati. This is a few that he ain't letting go. Because, you know, we get to see a little bit of... I saw, like, a football life with Bill Belichick, and you hear, like, a lot of people just... The greater he gets kind of talks about behind the scenes, like, the kind of guy he is. And, sure, you know, we kind of talk about that tennis, like, McEnroe, like, never letting a grudge go. He never gives anything. He right. just fucking hates that he has to do it. And he just... Right. He won't stop being condescending. And even, like, Popovich. Popovich is pretty condescending, and he does his thing. But, like, he kind of apologizes. He does it a little tongue-in-cheek. Like, he kind of... Right. He plays with a little bit. Like, it's a persona. Yeah. Like, Bill Belichick just is, like, straight up, fuck you guys. Yeah. I'm not letting this go. You're not getting anything from me. I'm going to be judgmental, and let's move on. Yeah. Like, and, uh, like, no, I, like it's not even, like... Also, it's not, like, next question. Like, he just kind of puts on, like, this hangdog face, and it's just... I don't... I don't... Just, like, literally, like, he's playing a character. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I agree with that's that's a good one. Yeah, because he definitely looks he. You can tell in that interview section that it is a requirement that it is mandated by the NFL, and he is there to fulfill his time. Almost like when it was it Cam Newton was like basically looking at his watch yeah, to exactly. say like you know if he gets five minutes at four fifty nine he's like I'm out peace exactly it's it's almost like if aliens came to Earth and humankind was gone and there was just a video of Bill Belichick doing a press conference, the aliens could be like, oh, okay, that was required. Like, Bill Belichick wants to let anyone know watching We this. don't even it's know like, what required is, but we know yeah, that was required. This guy doesn't want to do this, but he has to, and I think he can because he's great, is the vibe right, I'm exactly. getting. As, right. as an alien, that's what I'm picking up. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah, uh, t- top, top five, next week, top five alien interpretations <laughs> of human interaction. Okay. Um, hit, hit me so with your I, like, constellation. Your constellation? Okay, okay. Um, seeing in the NFL coaching ranks, uh, Mike Ditka, Buddy Ryan. Uh, I was going to say Buddy Ryan versus the Houston sideline, but give you a I was going to say, yeah, Buddy Ryan versus <laughs> I. That's what I remember him just punching yeah. out his own, his own coaches. Um, but yeah, apparently that they had a bunch of shit talking era, uh, when he went to the Eagles, cause when the coach at the time, I guess they were both coordinators passed away or they fired him. I can't remember the exact story, but Dicka got the job and buddy Ryan didn't. And even though they had great, those 85 bears, they had great defensive teams. 
Buddy Ryan, Buddy Ryan kind of had a chip on his shoulder. And that is a common theme that where one person really holds the grudge to the other person. Yeah. Um, because Buddy Ryan talked a lot of shit about Dicka. Dicka didn't say a lot about Buddy Ryan, but he also, I think in their five contests went like four and one or, or had a overwhelmingly winning record. Wait, which side had Another, a winning record? Uh, uh, Dicka did. Dicka yeah. didn't need to talk, do, do the talking because he's Dicka. Dicka. Um, then I had George Steinbrenner and Billy Martin. Man, the much disputed manager was hired and fired, or, or hired five times. I guess fired five times too. Then, um, and he never lasted more than two seasons as a manager for the Yankees. So they had a huge, huge issue. Um, and then another one which has a movie generated out of it: I Tanya, Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan, Tanya Harding. Oh man, keeping it topical. Keeping it topical. Uh, uh, did you see the movie? I, I thought it made her kind of an empathetic character. It, character. it did. Like this section could be brought to you by Itanya. I was just gonna. We're throwing out oh, sponsors. Like it made, yeah. and, it, and if we're Streaming. both lucky, it could be brought to us by Margot Robbie. We'll take that. Too. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I did. Like it's kind of yeah. There's been a lot of funny takes on the Itanya thing, where it is kind of insane that they made her such a sympathetic character, where it's just like, right. oh, who knew? Who knew? It's like I, I think we knew. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right, brother. Perfect. That's cool. a like top three beefs. Well done. This is the MAB Sports Podcast coming at you as we always do. We got through our top three beefs. I want to remind you guys you can reach us at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. Please, we are on iTunes now for our third week. You can subscribe. Just search MAB Sports. You'll see the Nintendo cartridge. Click subscribe, leave five stars, leave a little comment. Okay, before we get to the inbox, we're going to jump into... Uh, we want to talk to potential sponsors a little bit, just on there. I, there was a question I want to ask you. We were doing the pre-pro. What yeah. is... All right, That's pre-production for those of you, those not inside. Not, not in the industry, not in the industry. Not, not in the industry, okay. All right. We're podcasters now. We have... This is seven. <laughs> this is seven. This is seven. We're, we're kind of in that, we're in that like toddler stage. Now we're kind of getting our legs underneath us. We're, we're making... A, exactly. We, we've made our first step. We're, we're not completely walkers, but we're getting there. We're, we're like the full, right? Yeah. Which it's all shaky it's, and just trying to walk. It's, yeah, it's dangerous enough where you got to hide your sharp objects. But we're not like driving right. cars yet or anything. Like we're not like who's got who's got the parenting tip now there, Brandon? <laughs> Hide sharp objects. Just, <laughs> just, it, it just kind of makes sense. What's Kung Fu Girl, brother? Kung Fu Girl. Kung Fu Girl is a delicious dry riesling that most awesome Doctor Misses the Commish drink on a regular basis. So if we could get a little sponsorship and by sponsoring, I mean just sending us cases of wine <laughs> i would really enjoy it it's out of washington state most places in new york it's actually kind of expensive it's like 17 bucks a, a bottle but here in the midwest it's like 12 dollars. so it's great it goes with a lot of different stuff and i'd say go drink it i was really thinking kung fu girl when you told me because in pre-pro i told you not to tell me what it was i thought it was like a capri sun equivalent i thought the whole household was drinking it but obviously, oh, like, really? your little girls do <laughs> not drink Kung Fu. It was just girl. It was just like, oh, girl, it's adorable. Like, they all, like, it's little, like, Gogurt like, sticks or something. But, no, it's a, it's yes. a, it's a, dry, it's a dry Riesling. It's a dry Riesling. They, it's, they a, go- it's a wine for adults. So, like I said, if, you're, if anyone from Kung Fu Girl is listening, I will happily take a few cases off your hand. Uh, I will go from one hobby to the other. Um, I would like Magic the Gathering to sponsor us. <laughs> I used to play a lot of Magic the Gathering, and it's that card game, you know. An introduction to sports for some card floppers out there. That's what they're called. Sure. Most awesome. Oh, like, really? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, there, there's, uh, I did not know this. There's dice chuckers and card floppers. Card floppers are like Ooh. collectible card games. 
uh, Magic the Gathering. Sure. At least that's what it was called. Like, and sure. Then, uh, Any level seven mages out there, just you know, come okay. sponsor us, right? Again, is that it? I don't that's even know. That's that Dungeons that's and not... Dragons. That's not it. Don't. Uh, oh. I know. I know. I like you, Dovin. I know. Now, but I, I can we just cut that part out? I don't want. I don't want the Magic the Gathering <laughs> folk to come at me. Come at me hard. No. That's kind of like the baseball crew that comes at me. <laughs> Magic the Gathering can reach us at it may be sports podcast at gmail.com. All right, uh, jumping into the inbox, we do have a couple in here. We have one that has a little, well, we have two barkbacks. We've got a new Ooh. email from a listener. We'll call him Chad. Okay, so we have, the first part is love the show. And then there's a second email that followed up 10 minutes later until I listened to episode five. Oh. Most awesome. What do you have against heartwarming stories about fathers, sons, and baseballs? I think you're coming in hot a little bit about uh, Field of Dreams. Yeah. So uh, if you were a reclusive, famous African-American writer from the 60s in Boston, I would go to your apartment, pretend my finger was a gun, kidnap you in my VW van, drive you across America, pick up a young whippersnapper seemingly transported from the past, arrive at a farm and force you to disappear deep into a field of corn. Okay, so I don't <laughs> Nice, <laughs> Nicely done, Chad. Yeah. I like it. I'll put the finger on the nose here, but sounds dangerously close to the actual plot of Field of Dreams. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I appreciate his, uh, you know, his trying to weave that in there. But sure. I, look, our categories are our categories and we have to live and adhere to the rules, even though I try and bend the rules. But look, Field of Dreams, I don't have anything against it, but it's not going to be there. I feel like it's emotionally taxing. Maybe it's because I don't want all that dust getting kicked up in the room. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, like I said before, I just feel like the father-son element in Rudy is a little bit more compelling to this podcaster. Mm. So if you like Field of Dreams, put it in your top ten, put it in your top one. It's a great movie by all accounts. I like Rudy. All right. I like I, I like I like it. All right, Chad. Thanks for writing in. Most awesome to each their own. And football is a more manlier sport, is what I'm hearing. Most exactly. awesome saying. So exactly. jumping in. Um, and what do you? I guess Chad. What do you have against Rudy? Come at me with that. Okay. Look at that. Called out. Right. Follow now, up, Chad. Now, now I'm getting now I'm getting fired up now. Shots fired. Come at me. Uh, then we have our second email from. Tell me how soon you can guess this. I mean, it's probably right now. But uh, happy okay. Friday, bros of Gordon Levitz. Uh, hope. Oh. I get, can I ring it? Hey, we a bell. Can we just put it a bell right there? Yep, bing, bing, bing. You can buzz Scarlet Bro Jansen. Bro Hansen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the Doff. Darren, the original frenemy. The original frenemy for life, how he signed it. Uh, he goes on a little bit. I'm going to have to sum it up, but let me give you his argument. He's basically coming in uh, still not pleased that you're not a big baseball fan. Specifically calling baseball not a team sport. Let me no, just... he's calling, he's, he is calling it a team sport. He is calling it a team sport. I called it not a team sport. You did call it. I called it an individual matchup. And I think you and I think you did after you said it wasn't a team sport. You did say come at me. So yep, and he did. So it's been answered. So here we go. And and it's been it's been brought. It it has been brought. So yeah, he's he's uh, he laid out and you forwarded me this email here. Yeah, Um, he he laid out a lot of scenarios that yes, I I I agree with. You can't dispute. Yes, there are there are. Seven and 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 the the catcher calling the the pitches is kind of I I mean come on, really I mean that's like the center sure. hiking yeah. the ball and calling the line audibles you know what I mean like okay, okay right. I get it but ultimately the responsibility is on the pitcher he can wave it off he can do whatever so that's all fine and well um, and then the seven other you know defensive players that are out there are twiddling their fucking thumbs how many team sports do you know Brandana that the guys can like have a big dip in their mouth just waiting for something to happen sure 
does Adri, does AJ Green or Jalen Ramsey have a big chaw in their mouth when they're fucking waiting to, for the ball to be hyped? I don't believe they do. do. Right. Does LeBron James run up the court with a big hammer in his lip? No. No, does. but enemy of the podcast, we do have Stephen Curry does chew on his mouthpiece. Does that count most awesome? Ooh, I knew you were going to bring Stephen up. I will not allow it. Okay. Nope, he's enemy All of the right. podcast. He doesn't come podcast. around. I haven't heard him, which means he's, he's actually reclu- he's hiding from us. Did we defeat Stephen Curry? I don't want to say we defeated Stephen Curry, but if you do know our podcast came out, and then what? He gets a knee injury? MAB Sports Podcast, changing the sports landscape. <laughs> you only get it here, folks. Uh, I will right, read his exactly. closing line. Uh, he said it is a team sport. Also, you are not talking heads. You are voices in the wind by definition. We would have to see you beautiful, <laughs> your beautiful, tragic heads and faces. A commentator or reporter on television who addresses the camera and is viewed in close is the definition of a talking he pulled, head. He pulled a Donovan Mitchell on us. He just pulled a Donovan Mitchell on us. Put that on a hoodie and then wear it next time we oh, see you. Oh, that's right. Ooh, he he hit us big, up with the Webster Dictionary definition of this, a talking head. This is a big could-be Arby's beef. Could-be Arby's beef. Ooh. Man, if we made that list four, you would have cracked it. <laughs> Jump in here, Arby's. All right, that's the, that is the MAB inbox. And now we are going to a fan favorite. I think I don't want to toot your horn for you. I don't want to toot your air horn for you, but... Brown, 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 brown. Okay. <laughs> going to MAMA parenting tips. Take us there, jams. <laughs> All right, what an intro. Thank you. All right, what do you got uh, for us this week, brother? I, what I've got for you guys, well, first off, it's, it's clear that I'm changing people's lives out there. So I just want to I, I just want to come with it again every week and, and just bring it. So here's, here's the thing, guys. Uh, and this is a little parenting tip just for the parents, okay? All right. You guys are under a lot of scrutiny out there. There's a ton of pressure to be a perfect parent, to make those perfect parenting choices because we've got these little angels that we're trying to mold. Well, I'm here to tell you, most awesome is going to tell you that you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to make the right choice, okay? But that's okay. Because much like in the scene in Goodwill Hunting, where you've got Matt Damon and Robin Williams, oh yeah, it's, it's not your fault, guys. It's not your fault, okay? <laughs> I mean, when, when your kid has a meltdown in the middle of the kitchen because the food you served is too good, it's not your fault. When you stopped at a restroom bathroom or a rest stop bathroom and your overtired kid has a meltdown because the, the the hand dryer goes off and throws herself against the floor in the rest stop trucker bathroom, that's not your fault. Okay? And when they start screaming in Target and freaking out about a toy that they just learned about five seconds ago that they want and they're throwing a scene in Target, guess what, guys? It's not your fault. Okay? So it's not your fault because there is no game plan. There's no roadmap. There's no, this is how parenting is supposed to be done. We're all kind of just out there flying by the seat of our pants, just trying to do what's best for us. And sometimes we make mistakes and we're going to make mistakes. So what I have for you is just three easy ways to, to kind of minimize as much of that as you can. Cause we all know we're going to go out there and make mistakes and we should just be resigned to the fact that that's going to happen. But if you hold on to these three Trues, we can try and minimize it as much as possible. Dope. Hit me, brother. Here's the, here's the first thing that you can do. Timeouts. And I'm not talking for your kids. I'm talking actually for you, parents. 
take a time out for yourself. So what happens is, is oftentimes in those moments that I just laid out and all three of those moments that I laid out are actual real moments that have happened to most awesome, right? So when those kids are freaking out and you're kind of at your wits end, you need to take yourself a time out. Okay. Count to 10, take three deep breaths, do whatever you got to do to collect yourself. Because when you're in those moments where you're supremely frustrated, you're not going to make the best parenting choices. And the small brief like timeout that you take is not going to change or dramatically impact what's going on in front of you. But your ability to come back from it kind of centered will. So take a timeout for yourself if you need it. There's no shame in that. Okay. Point number two, consistency. Okay. What I mean by that is, is doing what you're say, doing what you tell the kids that you're going to do, living up to the expectations of what you set. Okay. Now that doesn't mean encouraging bad behavior. Okay. What it means is you just set up a consistent expectations of what's expected from the kids and what they expect from you. So try and maintain consistency and do what you say you're going to do. Okay. Um, and then point three, which I think is probably the most important thing and probably the easiest thing for any of us to control is to just be in a good mood. Okay. We have an obligation. If you're a parent, you have an obligation to be in a good mood. If you're not in a good mood, fake it until you make it. I mean, it's, it's literally that simple. Check. You had a bad day at work. You boss yelled at you. Some issue outside of our family has happened. Check that shit at the door. Leave it there. Because when you come into those kids, those kids and they pick up on that vibe that you have, that energy that you bring in the house, they interpret it. So if you're screaming and yelling, guess what? You got screaming and yelling kids. So check it at the door. You have an obligation as a parent to, uh, to be in a good mood and to set the, set the example for your kid. So that's what I got. So, and remember, it's not your fault. Can I ask you this question? Most awesome. Is it, and I came across an article and I thought about you and this is perfect as it ties in. I want to bring it up. Is it okay for kids to have a bad day? Like in all seriousness, do kids just have bad, like adults have bad days. Is it like, would it be too much out of bounds or like an extreme to just realize like, you know, like sometimes just like they're going to be off or is it kind of your job as a parent to try to like spin every day and to just like this day is still salvageable. Like it's going to be all right. Let's, let's, let's get back up there. Or there's some days where it's just like, you know, it's okay to just be like, kind of like you have rain cloud days and that just, that yeah. just fucking happens. Yeah. I would say that's a good, that's a good question. I would say, yeah, I mean, kids are going to have bad days, but what your responsibility is, is to not let that change the course of your day, right? So if, if it's a day where you guys are spending time together, like a, like a weekend and they wake up a grumpy mood, right? Chances are, I mean, my, my girls are four and basically two, so they rebound pretty quickly. So a lot of times what will happen is, is my, my oldest will wake up in the morning and either she'll be in a good mood or bad mood. And then sometime in the middle of the day, it'll kind of shift. And then she'll be in either a good mood or a bad mood. We really kind of strive for those full good days. Um, so yeah, they're allowed to be in good moods, but what you, what, what you can't do is let it impact you. That's where you really have to be incredibly patient. Okay. Because that's when, I mean, they're four years old or they're young kids. They're incredibly volatile and not in like in terms of just their attitude, but just in what, what spins them out of control. So you got to kind of be that rod and just keep there. And if they're in a shitty mood, then just let them be in a shitty mood. They'll, they'll come back to the fold. They'll realize that the sour attitude is not getting them the attention that they want. They'll find another way. 
And if they don't, it's okay for them to be by themselves. So does this tie into kind of your uh, MA, MA parenting tip from a previous episode where you're talking about, you know, when, uh, like, beat your kids up? Like, when they kind of right. hurt themselves and they look kind of towards you for what the reaction should be. So when they have a meltdown, do you kind of come with the angle of just, like, not, not like a huge deal? Like, like talk me through just real quick kind of, like, this blow-drying incident. Like, what, like, the air comes out of, the, like, the dryer, like, the hand dryer. And right, they kind of freak right, out. Right. And you're just like, it's cool. Like, it's just air. It's air. This is air. It's just blowing really right, fast. Right. Like, right. So, so kids, kids are always, especially when they're really young, they're always, they're always, they're, they're, they're in this, they, they, they're always looking for what's going to fill that attention bucket, right? Now, this happened to be kind of the kid was off kilter. She was really overtired. We were traveling in the middle of the night, and she got spooked by the by the dryer and, like, just lost it and lay down on a filthy trucker bathroom floor. So what I did is, I mean, obviously, I kind of picked her up by her shirt. I brought her here, and I really quickly talked to her. I got down on her level. Okay. And I just said to her, I was like, look, like we can't do this. We're here to go to the bathroom. You said you have to go to the bathroom. This is what we're going to do. And I expect that you're going to fulfill this. Now, did it stop her from crying? Did it stop her from losing it? No. But what I was trying to do is in a calm manner, just take control of the situation, explain what my expectations is of her in this moment in time and what we're going to do. So when kids kind of have these meltdowns, Oftentimes, it's a, it's a way for them to garner and gain attention, right? They have, they have, like any of us, we have these kind of, you know, buckets, right? The metaphor is like it's, an, it's a bucket for intention. And it either gets filled in with good attention or bad attention. And for a kid who's four years old, all, all is welcome. All, all comers are, are good. So when I'm a little kid and you have these meltdowns, if they're, they're, they're basically testing out that attention, what's going to get me this attention? Well, if I throw a tantrum and my parents, you know, start paying attention to me, then I'm going to, I'm going to continue to do that tactic because that seems to get the attention that I want. Right. Yeah. So let's say I'm doing the gambling corner and I'm not getting the attention from you that I need. Should I collapse right. on the floor and start kicking my legs? <laughs> you, right. will you pay attention to that my gambling corner? No. No, that, that won't no. Get it. Well, you get down on my you level. Might do no, it, Brandana, but I will <laughs> shut it down. I will snap it into place. Oh, another dynamite ma ma parenting tips. Uh, thanks, mother. Thank um, you. Perfect. We will now jump into a fast and favorite segment, brought on to us by a simple pint of ice cream. It is the Neapolitan. Showdown. This is where this is where Briars could jump in here, right? Briar, there Briars, there we go. That's what I need from you, most awesome. Put there on you your thinking cap. Brought to you exactly. by Exactly. Well, we have to say possibly Briars or possibly Blue right. Bunny. It's all possibly Ben and Jerry's. These are all like now it's now it's an auction. Uh, all right, uh, we're doing top three villains of all time. It is that open ended, folks. So we yeah. have, we have not prepped for this. We have our three five, uh, three top villains of all time, and we will let's go back and forth. One 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 okay. one one. Uh, you. Uh, so I. So I just want to tell you right now that I. I'm pretty sure I nailed mine. Uh, you know I have equally good news. Is my list is perfect. Ooh, so okay. Well, let's see. So, so, so then your list is my list. Okay. Well. So we better have the same. Should we put? Okay. We should put another Mab T-shirt on it. Obviously. Okay. All right. All right. T-shirt. All right. Well, so what is you gonna? How do you gonna? You gonna dub up on T? I'm just gonna be yeah. swimming in T-shirts. I know. I'm. I'm three T-shirts in the hole. The audience okay. knows that if they're doing the math. And I'm, I'm going to win some okay. back. I'm going to win some back. We got, okay. we got one right. riding on this. 
Okay. All right. So do you want to go one, two, three, or three, two, one? Uh, go three, two, one. All right. Give me three, number two, three. One. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna come out with my number three. So I looked at it in kind of different categories, and and this category fell I did in too. the I did too. in the unstoppable kind of evil entity, right? This this villain is just pure evil and unstoppable force. And it's from No Country from for Old Men, Anton Chigurh, mm-hmm. number three. All right. Okay. Okay. First off, he's got an awesome hairdo. Okay. <laughs> Total villain hairdo. Wait, do, All right. do you know the haircut. definition of the word awesome? It's in my name. Yes, I do. I'm most <laughs> All right. awesome. All right. Fair. So... You, okay, so you, you know what? You, you have to you have to rock that haircut now. Oh, that <laughs> the, the, yeah, but it's not. I will take the t-shirt. <laughs> um, first off, he kills basically everyone he meets in the movie. He saves, but only a few people mm-hmm. because he loves to flip a coin to decide their fate. Yeah, he has this weird code of honor in terms of murdering people, but he still kills people without you know impunity. He has no reservation of doing it. He's got the sweet. Uh, semi-automatic shotgun plus he's got the bolt gun all right which yeah. is just like menacing and um did i mention his haircut he's got a pretty rad haircut yeah you keep making okay. now it's awesome and it's rad and it's so mob haircut. okay all right that's a random i went okay. with um so this category i came from watching something for the pure charisma of watching it for the bad guy and i okay. went with bill the butcher from Gangs of New York. Yes. Okay. Dan- Daniel Daniel Day, like he, right. He he has he has a code. He has an honor. Like he literally, like he believes in something. It it ain't good what he believes in, but it also like he fights his own fights. Also, like he's not sure. like uh he's not behind the desk like ordering like military out. Like he, you know, he kills the father and he's like he he is fighting for what he believes in. Right. Anyway. Right. Yes. But I mean. Yeah, okay, but he's he, a villain. Yeah, he's more of the antagonist than a villain, right? I mean, you you a lot of people could find themselves rooting for I don't I don't like, if, if if you I if if you kill the protagonist's father, like you're you're a villain, like that sends you in the top seat of being a villain. Like that's that's what's necessary. Like he is the yeah. villain of that movie. And that movie has a villain and it is Bill the Butcher. Yeah, I and guess you're right. Bill okay. the Butcher kind of like he terrorizes that town also. Like he owns that town through fear. Like it's almost like it almost harkens back to the like Bronx Tale. Like do you, and I wouldn't call the lead guy in Bronx Tale like a villain, but it's just like do, would you rather be loved or feared? And he like he just loves being feared. I give I give you that because and yeah, he's a he's a bull. Well, Anton didn't pimp any girls out, so that's so plus one for Bill the Butcher. Okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Oh, yeah. and I he, felt was, like, he was more of a badass though. He was such a badass. He was, I know that's what that's what makes him a real villain. The charisma villain yeah. fact, like the charisma factor I'm talking about for a villain is like you get drawn to him. And a funny story, since it's funny that we both had these as our number three because getting on awesome hair. Like there was when he showed up to set, like this is a Daniel Day Lewis story. We all know like his method stories, like great actor, sure. like insane, doesn't break character. But he put that gel in his hair and then he got a note like during rehearsals. They were just like, hey, man, that's like that's a little too much gel. Like it looks kind of ridiculous. And so he doubled down on the gel. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he got that note and then just put more, so much in his hair to where it's just like matted to his head. It's. Hilarious. Yes, yes, that that hair was greasy <laughs> to say the least. 
So, okay, and, and he did that. have the red uh, uh, American Eagle in yeah. his eye. So, ah, uh, damn it. Yeah, it's a good one. Gonna oh. give you a slight, a slight edge to 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 build a butcher on that one. I, I like it. Okay, okay. Right. but there's still there's still two left. There's still, still two left. So we're gonna give I, me. I, we're I gonna, the perfect two. We're gonna give me a plus half point. So I'm up. I'm up on you at a half point right now. Is that fair? You okay. Score that one point. Sure. Okay. We're making up the rules as we go. So whatever. Okay. <laughs> sure. Next next one might be five points. Who yeah, knows? We'll and, and we'll next next one wins. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how strong your number two is. Let's hear it. Okay. Well, I went first this last time. You go first. You, okay. You gotta, oh, you want me to do it? All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So my number two on my list is this one comes from uh, a classic shift that happened in how we watch and kind of who we root for. It's one of the first sociopaths that showed up as kind of the anti-hero that was kind of also the protagonist during the series. I have none other than Tony Soprano. Tony Soprano. 100% villain. Let me take you through some of his key kills. Okay. Let's let's not overlook this. Like, Tony Soprano is a murderer. A cold-blooded murderer. He kills, right. I, I'm not even looking at the fact that when he takes Meadow to college, like he sees someone that he has bad blood with and like he kills a man like while taking his daughter to like tour college. Yes. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let, let's look at some. Uh, he kills Jackie Jr. That's yeah. done. He yep. kills a uh, big pussy. Although like that's kind of, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of rules of the game. Like he kind of had yeah. to do that. Do what? Yeah, you got to you got to charge that one to the game. Absolutely. Yeah, but but it's still it's still like a cold blooded like you were like yeah. one of my best friends. I gotta I gotta kill you. Um, kills his orders the kill of his nephew's fiance. Kind of had to do yeah. that. She was talking to the FBI. Like that's fine. Yeah. But also ends up killing his nephew, Christopher. Like, you <laughs> <laughs> remember they they crashed that. Uh, like, number one, uh, probably the worst product placement of all time. They played the, um, what was that, uh, the Scorsese movie, that uh, The Departed. Like, there's, yeah. right before, like, uh, Christopher dies and they get in the car crash, like, he puts in, he's just like, hey, have you heard of The Departed soundtrack? And he's like, Tony's like, oh, yeah, man, that's a must-have. Like, it's just like this mini commercial. <laughs> so, you know what? Actually, Departed soundtrack, if you would like to sponsor this podcast, it would be a great time. Look at that. Another sponsor. Yeah, no, jump, in, jump in. Tile back in. This is why sponsors want to give us money, because we do tie-ins like that. It's so seamless. Yeah, but he has, like, uh, Milfi totally calls him out. Like, he has this fake, like, allegiance to, like, children and he like tries to build up like what it feels like to actually have compassion and he doesn't and he just like reaches over and just like pinches the nose of christopher because he has like that heroin problem kills them and then uh yeah then he kills his own cousin tony played by uh steve buscemi but he kind of had to do that too but it's just like he has zeroed out and just murders a bunch of people and the the paradox is like we still kind of root for him the entire time sure Okay, so I'm going to one-up you, because if you like oh. murdering, I've got... <laughs> no, I said, I just said like murder. This is in the spirit of a no, villain. No, 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 we all understand villain. it. You're like, I want to, <laughs> if I could put my cousin down for a dirt nap, I would. I love Tony. Yeah. This is where it's at. So mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise you. In fact, I'm going to raise you seven kills. I'm going to go with John Doe from Seven. A true psychopath psychopath. Okay. And let me just, I mean, first off, this actually in seven, you could actually see this as a plausible serial killer. Somebody who's so psychopathically driven to, to kill and murder for no, no reason other than his own indulgent 
ideas about religion, okay? So he goes through it in the most cryptic way possible of the seven deadly sins, okay? He he fed a guy till he burst. Did Tony do that? No. Mm, uh, I don't know. Some of, those, some of those guys were pretty big. Big Pussy got pretty big. Pretty heavy, pretty, yeah, he wasn't feeding heavy, the food. But that was of their own accord, yeah. okay? okay. They were okay. just fat on the life, okay? Yeah. Uh, he made a guy, or he cut a pound of flesh out of that defense attorney, okay? And mm-hmm. then he died. He he basically kept the child molester alive in bed for a year, taking daily pictures of the guy while he just withered away to nothing and keeping him barely alive, which also created one of the most fearful scenes in, in, in movie when the guy bumps into him. And he's like, he's alive. He's alive. I mean, that is a, a great moment in, 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 in film. Uh, so, so Tony liked a lot of prostitutes, okay, in, mm-hmm. in Sopranos. Sure. Uh, John Doe did not like a prostitute because he made a guy ba- basically hate sex her with a bladed strap on. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. is a villain, my friend. Yeah. And then obviously, um, you know, he kills uh, Brad Pitt. What's in the uh, box? Mil- yeah. What's in the right? Which gives us which also yeah. gives us the yeah. greatest comedic line. Yeah, yeah, in the box. yeah. He, he was such a great villain. He made Brad Pitt a bad actor. Yeah, that was right, like exactly. that was that was how amazing he was. Exactly. So, in terms of villain, yes, yes, he did a lot of nefarious things, but we also subtly root for. I'll give you that a little bit, Tony also, Soprano. because he did have he had kind of a script on how it was going to play out the entire time, and he made everything happen by getting shot in the head at the very end. Like right, he, exactly. he fulfilled yeah. his his master plan did come to fruition. Yeah, and 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 no one wins in it except he wins it because he he got everything that he wanted out of it. Tony Soprano. We don't know if he got anything out of it. We'll no, never he know. He died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, was, yeah. he was definitely okay. Dead. I don't know why. I'm not going to talk about it long, and we should, for another pod. But he did, like, the ending's brilliant. I don't know why they just don't come out and say, like, he was, obviously, he was, like, they established the fact that, like, he says, like, you just don't know when it's going to happen, and it's, you see the guy, it's, okay, don't even, don't even yeah. get me started. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to call yeah. that, I'm going to call that one a tie. So I'm Ooh, still, I'm still, so I, I guess you're I'm the still plus judge, five. jury, and <laughs> still, I'm still Bill plus, the butcher, apparently. Still, still okay. plus half a point. Still plus five. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Plus half a point. Okay. Right. So Don't I'll, call it a comeback. There's a t-shirt right now. So okay. Right, get pumped right, up. Here right. we go. Here so we go. I'm ahead. So, my place. I, I'm, I'm ahead. Okay. So I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Since I have the lead. Oh, you're going to go? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Since I have the lead. Go on What if we have the same one? I guess it's a, it's we'll a tie. Okay. Yeah. I'm going. So my last one is pure sociopathic, pure evil pure not playing for tomorrow let the chips fall where they may let's see what happened there's just some men that want to see the world burn i'm talking about the joker my friend the joker (laughs) specifically (laughs) heath ledger's joker that is there's something okay there's sociopath like absolutely and there's something about like like chaos. Well, no, no, you just can't take you, you can't just take sure. ones. You got to do all. You got to you got to pull out Cesar Romero's Joker too, and, and that chips away. No, no, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just doing. So I, I did compare uh, when I was doing my essay breakdown. I did compare like Heath Ledger's Joker to Jack Nicholson's Joker, and the reason Heath sure. Ledger's wins out because there's something there's something frightening about someone that just plays by the rules of chaos, and and also like trying to pull the evil villain trying to pull the parallels and prove and almost cracking your hero Batman into making him almost think it's just like, maybe we aren't that far apart. Maybe this guy actually kind of as crazy as he is knows what he's talking about. And the fact that sure. like he just, the Joker gets off on chaos. He gets off on just like making things not make sense. And he doesn't, 
care if he dies. He doesn't, he's not playing with any rules. And that, that is what's frightening. What's frightening is like a villain's lack of fear about their existence. They don't care. They just want to create chaos. They just, they just want people to suffer and lives to suffer. And there is no, there is no, like I was thinking about other villains and you know how even, and I, I hope this is yours because I'll give myself a full like two points, but like Darth Vader, like Darth Vader doesn't do it for me because it's still like, they're, oh, you motherfucker. Okay, here's the yes! thing, right? Yes! Uh, oh, I painted you into a corner. Here's the thing is, is jo- the Joker blew up a hospital. I'll give him yes. that. But Darth Vader blew up a planet, okay? <laughs> okay All yeah. right? So where's your two points on that one, my friend? He murdered a bunch of kids! <laughs> and... Okay, he murdered. He, he, there's a couple of things where he had a couple of mass murders there, there were, in his history. There, there were kids in that hospital, for sure, for sure. Okay, yeah, well, but he, he wasn't his sole intention. Like Darth Vader woke up as like, I'm murdering some young ones today, some young Jedi's. That's what he he came in there intended to. Okay, and you don't know that for a fact. It wasn't a children's hospital. You don't know. <laughs> don't don't fucking don't pad your stats. We all know how much you love yeah, murder. Nice this this. This is this podcast is brought no. to by Brandana and his murder <laughs> obsession. Okay. I, that's Here's the thing: is a psychiatrist, a psychiatrist, this guy named Eric Buey or Boy, I don't know how to say his name. He uses and and did a psycho, psychological analysis of. Don't <laughs> shake your head at me. This is real. This is real talk of Darth Vader, and then found out that he had six, or we qualify Darth Vader of having six of the nine characteristics needed for a borderline personality disorder. And in fact, uses him as a case study to help people understand their issues with, with borderline personality disorders. So he is my number one with a gun, with a Death Star, I should say. <laughs> oh, my, my only, my, so here's my ding. Uh, we'll get through it real fast. So my ding and why I'm getting the plus two points, which puts me as plus two and a half. And, uh, that puts me down half a t-shirt, which I'll have to get from you, is he does, there's remorse. When he's just like, Luke, I am your father, and he saves Luke, there is, there is, like, he comes through and plays a little bit of hero ball. He eventually does yeah, the right thing, yeah. which shows me he is not a bad person through and through. The Joker would, but, would never do either, that. But Tony Soprano and, and uh, 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 what's your other guy's name? Uh, Bill the Butcher. Bill they the Butcher. all had... Yeah, they all had remorse for their their the, you know. Well, I'm talking they, about they I am. Do- I'm talking about my num- num- my number one with a with the oh, ace okay. of spades. So it's okay for it's it's okay for two and three, but number one, oh no no, it's well, gonna be we got a we got a verse. If if I had three I jokers, I do my, joker my, three times. Look, I got more. I got un, more unremorseful Everyone knows guys. I got John Doerr on your list. Like that's yes. I, no no I, no. I've got Anton one thousand. Anton, yeah, T one thousand. Okay, please. Okay, you know, and John Doe. Those guys had no remorse, and they were every bit as chaotic as. You know the Joker, except the Darth Vader is the quintessential villain. He I, is everything. He. I'm just saying at the very end, like he showed a little compassion. He showed like there was a little hunger of this other life that he could have lived like with his son, and I think he regretted going to the dark side a little bit. And I think you see that. And also, yeah. I haven't seen Star Wars. Moving on, plus two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I thought it was okay. All right, plus two and a half. All right, so yeah, so I so just send me a crop top. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna literally do that. I, it okay. might change where we put the logo now also. We might do a jersey yeah, style. Like kind of that 80 jerseys where the top is just kind of an inch <laughs> mesh on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I like Oh, no, that's terrible. Oh, like man. Okay. This is the most awesome in Brandana Sports Podcast, Episode 7. Uh, we are on iTunes now. Search for MAB Sports. Subscribe. Uh, send us an email to any of our top threes. If we miss the villain that you're just like, holy fuck, guys, you totally dropped the ball on this. Let us hear about it. 
at MAB or Sports Or if you like Podcast. one person's list more than another, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. You know what? We just we, holler at your boy. We can hold a we can hold a recount. It's MAB Sports Podcast at gmail.com. That's sports plural. Uh, moving on to it's that time, brother. Gambling corner. Take us in there, Gambling music. Corner. All right. Got the gambling corner, and you sent me a great text. We are doing Desdenation. Uh, this is a Desdenation. little a little gambling corner mixed in with Rip from the Headlines. Uh, recently today, actually, right? Yeah, he was released of, as we're recording this podcast. It wasn't live. It was previously today. But he was released by the Cowboys that cut the 29-year-old. Was he three-time Pro Bowler, two-time Pro Bowler? Is he only 29? Is he only 29? Yeah, he's 29. I, I thought that, yeah, I thought that. So basically, that's 28, 29, 30. That's like the peak years of an athlete, right? Yeah. Of, yeah. A, of a football player, especially. But I still, I, I feel like a wide, wide receivers get a few more years. Not a lot, but it's not like RBs where like you're just dead on arrival at 30. Like you still have like 30, 31, maybe. Am I wrong? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, if you're more of a technician too, you can definitely extend your game. And Des is very much like a, like I would kind of put him in, in terms of football, like maybe not in terms of all the success, but in that Shaq category where it's like, are you, does your talent and your athletic ability just give you enough of that cushion where your, your commitment to the game doesn't kind of, you know, rise oh, up above it. You don't feel like his commitment's there. I, I just feel like he's a little too much of a, like a barker on the sideline, like a little bit of a Keyshawn Johnson, like a little, a little, yeah, uh, he, he, a, a little, I'm a team coach, I, I, like I'm a team pep coach, like shrouded. I'm acting like that, but actually underneath, like it's just selfish ball. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, he is definitely like the guy that's like, I'm, I, I'm the first person to call you out. If you drop a ball or you miss a blocking assignment, I'm going to get in your ass like all day, so, every day. And then if he drops a ball or something's slightly overthrown, then it's like, well, you know, what it, it is what it is. He's going he's gonna to fume. And there's been a lot of stories of him, a lot of the stuff. And he even talked about it being like one of Garrett's guys, meaning uh, John Garrett, the, the, the head coach of the Cowboys. Like one of his guys got him out because he missed practice. He doesn't show up a whole bunch. Like he's not like a practice first kind of guy. He's not the first one in at the gym and the, and the last one out type of deal. How, how do you think that conversation went down? Between him and Jerry Jones? Yeah. Oh, man. That would have been an interesting... I mean, well, first off, the, 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 the rumor was already out there. So I'm sure he was already kind of prepared. Yeah. Um, he did mention in an interview that, that he was offered, like, hey, if you, we restructure your contract, like, we, we can keep you because we don't want to pay you all this money. And I don't... I'm not really sure... He gave kind of an answer like, oh, I was offered it, but it wasn't – basically it wasn't good. And, and I, I couldn't really remember. I couldn't gather the shorthand version of what he was getting at. And he also kind of called out, like I said, Garrett's guys. He you know, he said, like, oh, I was one of Garrett's guys. I'm not going to say their name, but they know who they are. And they know that I know that they – that I know that what they did. And he's like, all right, well, <laughs> wow. you're still kind of talking about it yeah. then. And that's, that's a riddle and really complicated. All right. Uh, yeah. what, what am I giving you odds for today, brother? So where is he going to land? Think about – the, the, and the, the text that I sent you had four teams, the, the Bills, the Packers, the Ravens, and the Saints. Okay. Okay. So, 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 so who do you think – I mean, or maybe you have uh, thoughts on this too. 
But who, if you're if you're Vegas and you're saying this prop bet, who who do you set this as yes. as a favorite? Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna break down these four because I think these four. I was going through. It's funny because we saw that happen, and I was at uh, lunch with my team, and we we're just kind of talking, and they're just like, oh, like it came up, like where do you think he goes? And I mentioned a couple teams on the list, uh, and I was trying to dig deep, but these four do make sense. So right, um, <clears throat> I'm gonna break down the odds. I'm gonna start. From the odds, I think I haven't looked at any other odds, and I'm going to start from bottom and move to the top. Um, okay. So the team I have coming in at the four slot uh, are the Green Bay Packers. Okay. And I'm, I'm setting them at ten to one. The thing about the Packers is Aaron Rodgers controls and dominates that franchise, and right. he there is just there's no wiggle room for Barkers for any anyone that might show him up on the sideline. And it's, it's kind of unnecessary because he's also a guy that makes it work with the receivers they have. There's not like a complete necessity to stretch the field. I know that uh, we got a new retiree, like Jordy Nelson's retiring, right? Well, they released him. I don't know. And oh, they yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. So he's going to waivers. So, so they are kind of down a receiver, but uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers back ready to play ball. It's just I, I don't see any world where he actually takes a gamble on bringing in somebody that's kind of on on the decline and having a diva wide receiver that might not have exactly the same skill set that needs the football all the time. It just, it ain't, it ain't a fit for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I thought it was a bit interesting that he showed up on that list, but when you think about it, and I don't know their cap situation, so yeah. I don't know if they have the dollars to make it work, but he could do, you know, he could do, it's kind of late in free agency too. And he could sign a, just a one year, whatever, you know, kind of $10 million agreement or whatever he could get and just kind of say, Hey, I'm still Des Bryant and try and search for that next big contract. So I, I agree with you on, on it being fourth. Um, but I would be kind of interesting. I think he, I think he could make that play, but does Des want to sign there too? Is, is the, is the cupboard a little bit bare? You know, you've got Aaron Rodgers, but yeah, coming back off that, off that collarbone, is he going to, is he going to be still Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to pass on that. Pass on the Packers, 10-1. to 1. Uh, I do have a wild card. Don't let me forget about my wild card team that's not on this okay. list. Yep. That I okay. Mention. Uh, so I'm going to go. I have uh, the Ravens at 4-1. to 1. Uh, they, okay. they, they have a track record that they'll take a gamble on an older receiver or receiver that's coming in kind of his second part of his career. Sure. Uh, they, they need a little bit of help. I think Cleveland's on its way up. Pittsburgh's been a juggernaut there forever. Cincinnati's completely fine being in the middle, but still a tough team to beat. I mean, I like out of the gate, I might have to put Ravens at the bottom of that division. And I wouldn't be surprised, like our, bringing RG3 in, I'm not saying like obviously it's not going to be a quarterback competition in training camp, but I can see a situation where they go start 0-4 and, and Flacco's bench for RG3. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a start by week five or six if it's a right. start. So they they brought in John Brown from the from the Cardinals mm-hmm. and Michael Crabtree, and uh, they have Brashad Perriman as well too. So then then you bring in Des in there too. And and let me ask you this: Does does Ray Lewis's comments about Des recently say you know how he removed God from his life? Mm-hmm. Does that does that maybe hinder him a little bit or does that make him second guess because Ray Lewis is a pretty big fixture it sounds like from the Ravens locker room and you know yeah I does, or an impact I should say on that you know? yeah I thought yeah I, I think it could be but also like uh, I don't think Des gives a shit about that like I, like I'll, I'll almost it might be like a little bit of fuel 
I don't, right. I, I don't, I, I don't think it's, uh, I think there's some personalities that might be, feel like they might be a little overshadowed, but I think Des right now is thinking about like, Des like a little bit of chip on his shoulder. Like he can't like how this situation in Dallas went down. Right. Uh, that, that'll bring you, these, go ahead. you could make the, sorry, you could make the argument though, that the, the Ray Lewis, like maybe he's the, maybe he's the Des whisperer, right? Maybe he could keep him in check and be that yeah. barking personality that could, that could check him on the sideline or, or keep him in tune on, you know, while it's there. So I don't know, yeah. even though he's not playing, I, I, you know, Ray Lewis is still pretty, uh, impactful in the league. Okay. What's your, what's yeah. your, what's the next one? We'll see. Yeah. So we got that at four to one. Uh, my next picks at four to one. Also, I have the Buffalo bills. Uh, okay. they're in, they're in dire need, dire need of wide receivers. Uh, right. New, new quarterback there. It's kind of a young team, which keeps the odds low. You know, if I don't know if Tyrod Taylor's there, if I shoot it up a little bit more, uh, it's, it's not a super rough division. Obviously, the Patriots are there. They're on the down. They're on the downslide. Uh, I don't know Des's right. opinion about cold. I don't think about cold anywhere else. But I think like Buffalo. Like I don't think about it in Green Bay because I guess if you go to Green Bay, like you win. But to go someplace right. really fucking cold and to lose all the time would be like uh, there's got to be something Miserable. more. Yeah, more tempting on the offer. And Des knows he doesn't quite have the years to like you know get three, four years deep to actually make a run for it. Right. So that's. Uh, Four to one. I might, yeah, it's I might, interesting. I, I'm surprised I might, you put them so high. Yeah, I might lifetime. I'm going to bump that down to six to one. I'm still going to keep okay. it better odds than the Packers, but I want to put Ravens at better. Keep Ravens at better four to one. Uh, before I get to my favorite pick, I'm going to sneak in. Uh, yeah, let's hear that wild card. <laughs> let's sneak, sneak in the Washington Redskins at four to one. Ooh, okay. <laughs> so division rival. So that's Washington Redskins. So here, and that's what gives it a few more points in the favor. And I don't think I would be talking about Redskins unless it wasn't a division rival. I think right. there is the Redskins, especially in that division, like they love fucking each other over. And if sure. there's a chance to get, and Des would like that too. You think Des does want to go against like the Cowboys, like two times oh, yeah. a year, like absolutely. And the Redskins, like. You know, the receiver core kind of, they got a new quarterback there. They're starting over a little bit, but they still like right. their offensive coordinator there. They still like what they have going on, but it's kind, yep. it's kind of a fresh start. They'd love to give Alex Smith like a big-time consistent weapon because that's kind of what they, you know, they had the... They had some, Josh Doxson, yep. who's that rookie out of TCU, or not rookie, he's two years in. Um, they did sign Paul Richardson to a pretty big deal, too, from Seattle. So I'm just going over there and... Um, yeah, that'd be interesting, right? Because you could see you could have because I guess their thought would have been Doxon, Crowder in the slot, and then Richardson lining up opposite of Doxon. So if you put Brez and uh, Des in that Paul Richardson's or that Doxon spot, spot, I don't even know who you replace there. Yeah, see, that's a tough thing. Is is here's the thing that I wonder is, is that we've got the draft just a couple weeks away. Does a team make a play for him, or mm. do they just kind of wait to see if they see, miss? Wait to see, yeah, see what happens if they don't get what they feel like they were looking for in the draft. Yeah, you know, does the deal get done? I don't see a deal getting turned around in the next fifteen days. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it depends on. You know, there's not a good track record for these wide receivers going to new teams. Like it's right. those those stories rarely are just like, oh man, like a great receiver here. And then he really came to his, I mean, Randy Moss is kind of the only one that comes to mind, but that's right. just because he went to like, you know, the greatest the NFL football team that we've ever right. seen. Like that team was right. fantastic. And, and I do like the Redskins call too, because they're unafraid to spend money. So I do yeah. think that that's an interesting variable. Okay. Yeah, so then out. that probably puts your, your, your clubhouse leader as the new Orleans saints. I'm putting them at a solid three to one. 
here's a little stat right. for you, most awesome. Uh, okay, I like stats. Last year, Drew Brees threw for 4,334 yards. Sounds good. That was the right. lowest total yards he's ever thrown as New Orleans Saints. His yeah. average yards per game, 270.9. That was his lowest yards ever as a New Orleans Saints. The thing is, is the New Orleans Saints are moving away from the pass, and they did it last year. They went, and it has nothing to do with Drew Brees. It just has to do with two dynamite running backs they have in Ingram and Kamara. What they want to do is if they could have that one-two punch to really, to really stretch the field and have Des Bryant lining up on the other side, I think it would be almost more, it would be a 50-50 almost decoy just to really kind of get the corner in that backfield back to give Kamara even more, more room to move the ball in space. So I think it's a win-win yeah. for them. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think a lot of people had the Saints as the, kind of the clubhouse leader coming into it. It does, I mean, they do have the most kind of open other wide receiver, you know, one slash two, because you got Michael Thomas there. Okay, yeah. he's a, another big play receiver, Who, big I, guy. And he didn't, go, he didn't go off the charts last year. He did not. No, he didn't. But he played very well. He did. He did. And so, and, so, and then you've got um, Willie, Sne- Willie Sneed who fell off. Yep. The Tommy Lee Lewis guy who's kind of like a scat kind of returner guy. And then you have Ted Ginn. So there's your field stretcher right there who's been in the league a while, but he, the dude still, still can run. Yeah. So you're really looking for that. And, and they're unafraid to put in four wide receivers and, you know, really kind of play with some schemes. So it would be an interesting fit. And Des, Des, Des wants to win right now, like we talked about earlier. Like, yeah. so he's got, like, you know, two, three years to really make a run in a championship. Drew Brees wants to win fucking right now. Yeah. Like, the running backs are young and hungry. Like, it is perfect time. Like, as a Vikings right. fan, I, I don't love it, but it's just like, this is the fit for Des Bryant. Right. Right. We talked about that window for franchises and players, right? So yep. the Saints are on the precipice of that window. They they know that they've got one or two years with Breeze, and that could be it. So, yes, it's their time to strike. So, interesting. Excellent. Okay. Do you think he signs more than a, a year deal? No, I think it's a one-year deal. One-year deal. One-year deal? Yeah. yeah. One-year deal. Yeah, I agree. They pay a little bit more okay. just to get him one year see what happens. Because right. it's kind of hard All to right. find. So that's, uh, well, that's my stats. We sorry, got, uh, guys, I didn't mean to hurt your income there. This but, segment brought okay. to you by one-year deals. I mean, whatever, whatever yeah, those I are. Like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, um, uh, so wrap it up. I got the Packers at 10 to 1. I moved the Bills down to 6 to 1. Ravens at 4 to 1. Saints at 3 to 1. And then my kind of one that's off the radar that I brought in, I did the Redskins at, I think I gave them a 4 to 1, right? 4 to 1. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 4 to 1, 5 to 1. And that is your gambling corner, my friends. Moving on. Woo! All right, brother. All right. Man, another dynamite show show seven cooking with gas has been been big fantastic cooking with gas brought cooking to you by gas. propane <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect uh let's get into the mvp of the week's tales from the frat and we'll close this mother up uh all right mvp of the week i have andre the giant uh watched his documentary uh i think it all gave us all kids from the 80s a little bit of nostalgia and a little deeper dive on his story uh if you haven't watched it i don't want to give any spoilers it's it's fantastic insight on actually, you know, just kind of a very candid interview with Hulk Hogan that kind of shapes out just how WrestleMania three went down and just a fascinating really? story about kind of a man that was in, in love with his craft, in love with the sport that dominated yeah. the sport. And there was like a little, the only fun fact I'll give is kind of something that's overlooked is no one could really tell. And all the wrestlers talk about it, even though it's scripted, like no one could tell Andre the giant what to do. Like if he was in, like he was just stronger than it. But like if he didn't want the script to end that way, it wasn't going to end that way. So the fact right. that there is a little bit of how he tailored and kind of kept people on the, no pun intended, on the ropes on kind of the tail end of his career and just 
did what was important for the game, for the sport he loved. And uh, yeah, getting that insight was, it was dynamite. So check it out, that, that yeah. uh, Andre the Giant documentary on HBO is a pretty sweet. And HBO, feel free to sponsor us. <laughs> Ooh, there we go. Right, I like uh, it, yeah. Big dog, let's invite some big dogs. HBO and Arby's, we'll be cooking with propane. Who <laughs> <laughs> you got me? So I got another Andre. Uh, my Andre murders your Andre, and I know how much you like murdering. All right. So um, it's Andre Ingram. Okay, much people have heard of this. The 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 ten years in the D slash G league. Andre Ingram gets called up from the 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 G league and plays in a game against the Houston Rockets for the Lakers, um, and he lets it fly. He just lets it go. Scores nineteen points. He was four for five from the three pointers. Uh, he had three blocks playing defense. Andre Ingram, and when he was shooting his free throws. Guys were cheering uh, MVP in the in the in the crowd in the audience. Everyone was cheering an MVP for him. Uh, little known fact: Andre Agram was undrafted out of the American University in Washington D.C., which is Doctor Mrs. The Commission's alma mater. So go Eagles! Um, oh. And yeah, just I don't think that's a, I don't know if <laughs> oh, we're sponsored by America right here, brother. <laughs> the American Eagle. So. Andre Ingram is my MVP of the week. It's a Disney movie coming true to life. Oh, yeah. Ten years in the G League, coming up for his one shining moment and lets it fly. Good on that. you, Andre Ingram. I love that. Good MVP, brother. All right, we'll end with a quick Tales from the Frat. Uh, Let's hear it. Uh, this one's about laundry detergent and how you don't steal another man's laundry detergent. Uh, Tide, feel free to sponsor this segment. Uh, a frat member that will remain unnamed, we'll call him Anonymous Tan Laundry. Uh, so, you know, in an apartment when you're sharing it with roommates, like sometimes you borrow other people's stuff, sometimes you don't. Uh, right. I, some of the things on that list is you don't drink someone's like last beer, you don't take like their last slices of bread, you don't use the last laundry detergent. This uh, anonymous tan laundry decided to use the last of my laundry detergent, but then filled it with water to make it. That's when the crime started also, to make it look like he did use it. And then when I poured it in my oh, laundry, man. like just, yeah. just water spilt out. And that is your tales from the frat. Don't feel that. I sent an email that was really kind of over the top, I think, uh, threatening a fight or something. But Tales from the Frat, <laughs> don't steal other man's laundry. Anonymous Tan Laundry just made the number four villain list right there. <laughs> number four villain. All right, brother, it's been awesome, man. Good episode seven. Guys, uh, we are on iTunes. Please subscribe. It helps a lot. Give five stars. Search, uh, search MAB Sports. You can email us about any segment, uh, your top villains, uh, any feedback you have. We'd love to hear from you. We'll read them on the air. This MAB Sports podcast at gmail.com brother as always it's been real yes good talking to me <laughs> that, was my, that was my new sign off I, don't know. <laughs> no, I love when you keep it simple it's confident it's perfect <laughs> alright buddy I'll talk to you next right, week there, man. have a good one Runway. Style. Fame. She likes fashion.